Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 read, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. My name is Bryce, one of the pastor elders here at Faith Bible Church. I do a lot of the teaching. I don't have any other pastor elders with me today. (laughs) Every quarter I try to do two of these episodes solo. And usually these episodes I choose as ones that I think I need to be more focused on to give you a good, for example, today, a good picture of the whole of what we're doing this quarter, because today we begin our new quarter, our quarterly focus on personal holiness. And just to recap for you, our quarterly focuses here at Faith Bible Church, they cover three years of time. You can find them all in our newcomers curriculum. It's the same as the lessons in there, but we cover each one for three months over a three-year period of time. All those in the first year are very foundational, things like the Word of God and the Gospel. The things you find this year, we're in year two right now, are very important in a practical level for our growth. So we covered the first quarter of this year, the Holy Spirit, then prayer, now personal holiness, and the last quarter of this year, we'll be covering the local church. As we get started on this quarter on personal holiness, I'm looking in front of me here. I have a list of all the episodes, which I think are going to be excellent, not because I'm speaking them, (laughs) but just the subject matter, personal holiness. How often do we get to just focus on our own growth as Christians and really make intentional effort, as I've already been trying to do in my life with uh, worry, for example, which is a sin that I struggle with really wanting to see growth in that area. So this whole quarter, we're going to be focused on that. The first three podcast episodes that we'll do starting today are really going to be just on what, what is personal holiness and what it's not, as you'll see. Then the next three that we're going to do cover more of the why. What is our motivation? Why do we want to be holy? Because it's not easy. And then all of the last episodes, which will be the bulk of them, cover how even getting into some very specifics on things like bitterness and pornography, anxiety, grumbling. So today, as we begin, I want to talk about what is personal holiness to set the stage for this entire focus, for this whole quarter. I want to give a bit of a definition by just focusing on those two words, personal and holiness. By personal, why not just say the quarterly focus is holiness? Why is it personal holiness? I'm really emphasizing that we are not here talking about what is called positional holiness. Not next week, but the week after, we will have a podcast on what we mean by positional holiness. It's very important, but our positional holiness, as you'll see, is our standing before God. It doesn't have to do with how holy we actually are in practice. It's just that God regards us as holy because of Christ. That is not what we're focused on this quarter. That's very important. But what we're focused on this quarter is personal holiness, or you could call practical holiness. It is me, I am the person here, or you, you are the person, and actually growing in your holiness. So not theoretically, 
but in your actual life, in who you actually are. That's the personal piece. The holiness piece, it's a word we use a lot. Would you be able to define it? The best definition that I can give for holiness, it has two aspects. To be holy is to be set apart from something and set apart to something. Specifically, it is to be set apart from sin and therefore to be set apart to God. Of course, in Scripture, God himself is holy. In fact, he is holy, holy, holy. He is the most holy one. He is set apart from all sin. He is completely other than all sin and creatureliness. And he is completely set apart unto himself. He's devoted to himself and his own glory as he ought to be. So we are imitating God in his holiness. Whereas, although his holiness may include a sense of being set apart from creatureliness, that's not true for us. We are creatures. We can't be set apart from that. But we are set apart from sin. And we are set apart from sin so that we may be set apart to God, to his service, devotion to him, commitment to him, living for him. So set apart from sin to God. That is holiness as we understand it and will understand it this quarter. That may seem like a theoretical definition, but if you want the practical pieces of it, you could look, for example, at Jesus' own life. He was the perfect model in his life here on earth of what it means to be holy because he is God and he is man. So we can look at Jesus And if you observe any of his behavior in the Gospels, you know that he is perfectly exemplifying being set apart from sin, because he never sins, and also being completely devoted to the Father, set apart to God. Personal holiness as a term, you might be more familiar with an alternative term, which will mean basically the same thing, and it is progressive sanctification. And the idea of sanctification, that sanctus is from Latin, but it just means holy. So it's just another way of saying being made holy, holified, if you will. Being made holy, sanctification, and it's progressive because it moves from one degree to another. It's not like our positional holiness that just remains static. But our progressive sanctification is you actually sinning less and being more committed to God and living more in alignment with his will. Practically, very practically speaking, you grow in personal holiness when you stop looking at pornography, that's being set apart from sin, and instead, here is how you are set apart to God, you obey God by honoring your spouse, if you're married, more focusedly, And whether you're married or not, seeing and loving people as image bearers and not as objects because God is loving. So if you are set apart, fully committed to God, you will imitate him in that way. Set apart from sin, set apart to God. Or again, you will grow in personal holiness when you stop blowing up on your children or at least decrease the frequency. And on the other hand, You will calmly love and discipline your children because God himself is slow to anger. You grow in personal holiness when you stop worrying all day, every day, and you start focusing instead on loving God and loving others. 
which is what God himself does. That is personal holiness. Those are the kinds of things we're focused on this quarter. I want to make one more observation about personal holiness as we get into this series of podcasts. When we're approaching the idea of personal holiness and growing to be like Christ, most everyone leans in one of two directions. These are emphases. Both of them are valuable and useful. It's hard for us to be balanced and to hold them both in balance. We usually lean in one direction or the other. You could call these approaches to personal holiness. On the one hand, some of us lean more toward grit. And there is some New Testament basis for leaning toward grit. I mean, you can't read the New Testament and not come across passage after passage of what seem like just mere commands, just telling you to do something, like just do it. Uh, Hebrews twelve fourteen. strive, it says, for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The grit, strive for it. Or 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself for godliness. If you've ever read R. Kent Hughes' excellent book for men called Disciplines of a Godly Man, he ends almost every chapter by bringing up again that Greek word from 1 Timothy 4, 7, which is train, it's gumnazo. It's the idea of godly sweat. We get gymnasium from that later, but it's the idea of training, sweating, laboring. Train yourself for godliness. It takes effort. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful passions. You have to do that. Run away. That's what you're called to do. And then the passage we began this podcast with, Romans 12.1 and 2, has a lot of gusto to it. He's appealing It is by the mercies of God, but it's an appeal for you to present your body a living sacrifice. Sacrifices die. Sacrifice in the ancient world was violent and bloody. It was not a pretty, clean, tidy thing. So here you have grit. Be holy, fight sin, gumnazo, labor, strive for holiness, run away from sin, offer yourself as a sacrifice. So there is a truth to our approach of personal holiness that is, you will not grow without some grit. If you want to grow, but you want it to be easy, it's not going to happen. Nothing good really happens that's easy. So we can approach personal holiness with grit. And this is useful, especially if you've been in a sin a long time, or this can be useful, I find, for young men who get accustomed to certain sins. Sometimes people just need the challenge to give it some grit, to just do it, to just fight your sin. And the New Testament does speak that way. So that's one approach. There is another approach, and it is equally important, and we will call it the approach of grace. So you have grit and grace. There are other passages in the New Testament that encourage us to grow, but place the emphasis not on our laboring effort and warfare, but rather on God's grace and trusting him, even resting in him. Here's Matthew 11, famously Jesus' words. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' call that you learn from him is a call to growth 
in personal holiness. Like we said, he is the perfect model of personal holiness, set apart from sin to God. So when we learn from Jesus, we are growing in personal holiness. But notice the way he frames it here in Matthew 11 as rest. It is an easy yoke. It is a light burden. I thought it was the grit, the striving, the gumnazo, yes, but also because it is God who is at work in us and we are trusting in him and exercising faith in him. It's not just grit. There is also grace. We also have this fuel of grace. More positively, you can think of personal holiness not mainly about what you don't do, but it's mainly about what you do and who you are. So it's not mainly do not, it's mainly do and be. So grace changes us to be like Jesus, and that is the most wonderful, restful, joyful, possible existence there is in this life. Thomas Chalmers, who will probably come up in this podcast from time to time in this quarter, famously wrote a book in the 1700s. It's really more of a treatise, a small book, a booklet, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. And he makes that argument in there that if you only approach your own sin by grit, if you only look at this sin is bad, stop doing it, it will not motivate you long term. Instead, focusing on not just what you're turning from, but what you're turning to and what you are becoming, a positive motivation, namely grace, the grace of Jesus Christ. And knowing Jesus Christ himself, that is a powerful, really the most powerful motivation for us to grow. So those are two approaches to personal holiness, and please don't choose one or the other because you can't grow if you only have one or the other. We only grow with a sense of grit that we have to grow and put forth effort and a sense of grace that as we're growing, it's God working in us to joyfully produce in us the things that are pleasing to him. If you only focus on the grit, you will be legalistic, you will be exhausted, you will become morbid. If you only focus on the grace, you will become licentious, you will use your freedom for sin, you will think let go and let God, and you won't see much growth in your life. You have to focus on the grit and the grace, and that is exactly what we'll be doing this quarter. It may be in the past that you haven't thought much about personal holiness, or perhaps it's been a long time since you've given clear, focused thought to this subject. Maybe you're a newer believer, and this is somewhat new for you. What even is personal holiness and progressive sanctification? Whatever the case may be in the past, may God help us all now, by His grace, to think this way. 